there are going to be people along the way who do not like what you are doing. Honestly, I think that in a lot of ways, it can be a little encouraging because it means that you're really pushing towards something. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Egnall, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. I love bikes. I love riding bikes. I love buying bikes, I love talking about bikes, and I love racing bikes. Most of the racing I do is on the road, where yes, I ride around in Lycra, and uh, wear funny clothing, uh, and try and go fast. But I'm also into any kind of bike racing I can spend time on, including one you may not have heard of, cyclocross racing. If you don't know what cyclocross is, think of riding a road bike through the mud a road bike with bigger tires, uh, having to jump over obstacles, carry your bike, cross through fields, and generally get absolutely filthy and have a wonderful time doing it. That is the sport of cyclocross. And about a year ago, I got a promotional video from a clothing company, Rafa, about a star cyclocross rider, a young woman named Ella Noble. And it wasn't just about bike racing, it was about a movement that she had launched called Bunny Hop the Patriarchy, which we'll talk more about today, to to promote and support gender equity in the sport. And Ellen is someone who is a very accomplished bike racer at a very young age. She's won the under-23 national championship in cyclocross in the United States and the Pan Am Continental Championship. She's uh, not only a, a great cyclocross racer, but she's racing her mountain bike at the highest level on the world stage in the World Cup. Uh, circuit. And as impressive as her athletic achievements are, what I started to learn from this video and from the investigation I did into the work that she's doing is her achievements as an advocate for gender equity are even more impressive. So I want to have Ellen on the podcast to talk about how you don't need a company, you don't need a title, you don't even need a mandate to speak up, to promote gender equity, and bring about change. Ellen's got some amazing lessons that are inspiring for anyone who wants to change the world and uh, wonders how to go about doing it. So enjoy my conversation with Ellen Noble. So my guest today on the Inspire podcast is Ellen Noble. And uh, Ellen is, um, for those of you who who haven't heard of the sport, a cyclocross uh, and mountain bike racer. Uh, she's very accomplished in, uh, in both disciplines. She's a uh, former national champion, American national champion cyclocross, and a world champion silver medalist um, in the uh, U23. Is that right, Ellen? Uh, world yes. championships? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, if you've ever watched pro mountain bike racing, she's just gotten back from her first couple races on the, the World Cup circuit, racing with the top women in the world on some insane courses, <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. hugely accomplished. And appreciate you you coming on the uh, the podcast to talk to us, even jet lagged, Ellen. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, happy happy to be here. Um, even though 
my brain wants to be asleep right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's kind of par for the course as a as a global athlete. And and you know, as a this is a really uh, cool conversation for me to be having because I'm passionate about leadership communication, but I'm also a passionate amateur cyclist. And so I first I first heard about you uh, when I got a, a, a promoted video from Rafa, uh, favorite clothing company, um, and sent this video about this cool movement called Bunny Hop the Patriarchy mm-hmm. and and how a couple female cyclists were speaking up and speaking out for gender equity in a sport where that is solely lacking. And you were one of those cyclists. And and um, and I thought it was worthwhile to have you on because, you know, at only 22 years of age, without running, you know, you're not in a, a management position. You have through the strength of your voice and your courage spoken out uh, for um, the advancement of women in the sport where we need more women and women's racing. So, yeah, I want to have you on, and uh, maybe you could just start off by talking about the state of um, women's representation in bike racing um, and, uh, and what led you to launch this movement. I think that I kind of found my voice um, in my first year on Aspire Racing, when I kind of experienced like a, a bit of backlash for like a like a kind of mishap that had happened during a race. I was leading the World Cup overall in like this really, really, really thick skin suit that I wore to like signify the, the World Cup leader. And it was like a 90 degree day and I unzipped my jersey. And the way that I like with my jersey completely unzipped, it like showed my like sports bra on my chest a lot. Um, people were saying like making really crude comments about like, my sports bra showing and like being able to see my boobs a little bit while I was racing. Um, Which is, so like that and really, guys will unzip their skin suits all the time in the race. Well, and it was funny. I like in the wake of this and like kind of, I didn't go on to defend myself. I went on to write basically like, I don't have to defend myself. And like, I'm actually really quite angry that this is even an issue that needs to be discussed. Mm. But because we're talking about it here, um, and I went on to like list, there were several examples of really, really high level men that had raced that day that had gone like fully unzipped with me at, or like, uh, liked, like me as well. And I was like, I haven't seen any weird comments about them. Like, <laughs> you, like you want to be equal, but like, as long as this stuff continues to happen, we are sorely lacking inequality. Well, um, and uh, did, did your courage in speaking out about that, uh, start rallying, perhaps other women who had experienced some of the same double standard or the same yeah. uh, inequity in the, in the sport? Yes, absolutely. Um, and that was like, that was the craziest thing for me in that, like I, I wrote what I wrote on my Instagram and I said what I said because I wanted it to be known. That that's how I felt. It wasn't like, it was just for me when I wrote that. Mm-hmm. Um, and to kind of like to send a message to those people that had said something to be like, I know that you wanted to say this and to like to get away with it, but like it's not okay. And I want you to know that like I heard it and I'm processing it, and this is what I'm saying back. That's a, that must have taken a lot of courage, by the way. Yeah, I was nervous. I didn't know how it would be received, but after the fact, I was like, oh my god, it was like it was so crazy. Like the outpouring of support from people was like was completely unexpected. This post, like actually kind of blew up like people that Hmm. did not know who I was and that I did not know saw it like far and wide and it was amazing to get this response from a lot of women that were like super super tired of being body shamed you know now we have men who are allies that will keep their eyes open and and, like I've had people tell me that they've told men to not say things like 
after, you know, they've heard them say, like, make a crude comment at a race and stuff right. like that. And, and so to get that conversation started was amazing for me. And I realized that like I had kind of vocalized something that a lot of women in the sport hadn't, hadn't really like been able to articulate, but were feeling. And so mm-hmm. it like, yeah, it gave, it gave like this much bigger issue of voice. And so for me, that was super inspiring. And, uh, the bunny up the patriarchy thing actually began, um, at that exact race one year later. So it went from like this kind of controversial, like I made it a positive thing, but it was a super, super negative thing that started the whole movement with like what jokingly became unzip for equality. Oh, okay. I like that. Um, yeah. And so it was like, it was small, but like a lot of women were riding around with their jerseys unzipped, like just to make a point for a long time afterwards, like mm. unzip for equality. Like I should be able to unzip to cool off in this sport without you trying to sexualize me. Cause like, right. that's not what's going on here. Um, and so yeah, one year later, bunny up the patriarchy happened. And just to, to roll it back. So in that intervening year, did you continue now that you'd kind of spoken up and and realized you, as you said, you'd given voice to what a lot of women had dealt with and and um, inspired this, you know, I love this unzip for equality. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you continue to speak out? Did, did you realize that you had uh, kind of a broader mandate than just racing your bike? Yes, absolutely. It showed people that, like, I, I cared about things more than, like, just being a bike racer and that I wasn't afraid to stand up and speak out about something that really mattered to me. Um, and so, like, there had been, there had been like a couple of small things that had happened throughout that year that like I felt the need to speak out about. And and truthfully, like I, I like want to stay away from controversy. But with unzip for equality and with uh, with bunning off the patriarchy, I think it's important to push the limits, to push the limits, uh, like full stop. Mm-hmm. I think that like if you're if you're never encountering a thought process that makes you uncomfortable, then like you're not growing. And so like if people like me as an athlete and I'm saying things that kind of go against maybe their belief system, um, but like they're, they're being faced with it because they follow me because they like me as an athlete. I think that that presents a lot of opportunity Mm -hmm. for growth. So let's fast forward. So you, you, you had this moment, you started the movement with uh, Mm -hmm. unzip free quality, you spent a year and then (laughs) fast forward one year to the same race. What happened? I have conversations with myself about these things often. It's like, okay, we're still lacking in equality. And like the biggest thing is, is like, we can have these races that have equality that have like equal payout or whatever. But like, it honestly doesn't mean anything to me if people don't think that women deserve to be there. Like if, Hmm. If like we can't change the thought process that says that women are beneath men, like that's what I care about. It's like it's gonna it would be great to make the same as a man, and it would be great to have like to be the marquee event um, at at races. But like I don't want to be there if people if people just think that it's like a charity case to right. be like, sure we'll support women to like get people off our back. It's like I want people to really believe it. So I asked myself, like, so what is it? Like what are we still missing that? is is preventing people from thinking of these races as equal because like the racing is action-packed we have like multiple women that could win at any event and like you know we're we're riding super well and one of the most obvious things were were the fact that people weren't jumping the barriers um and so like a bunny hop is like a bmx trick basically that allows you to like move your bike in such a way that gets both wheels off of the ground at the same time to jump to jump an obstacle. Um, and so in cyclocross, it's pretty hard because 
your saddle gets in the way and the bike is much bigger than on a BMX bike. Um, but you can usually hop like a, a skilled rider can hop 40 centimeters in the air, which is the height of a barrier. Um, and so I started thinking about, yeah, the differences in, in women's racing. And uh, there were currently no women hopping the barriers. And I was like, okay, I guess that's what we have to do. If we're trying to bridge <laughs> the gap, like this is the thing that we must do. So it will be done. <laughs> uh, and so I like, I trained, I trained super hard. It wasn't like I just decided, all right, yeah, I guess I'll hop the barriers because I can just do that. Uh, it took a long time to like get there. Um, it took like, well, and I've done a, a few cycles. I've done a few cycle cross races, and I have never even tried. I just oh, get off that bike. Yeah. I put I would it on not my recommend shoulder. It. <laughs> yes, it's definitely something that, like, yeah, it takes a lot of practice. Um, and so, like for me, I had, um, I had like tried to do it for a couple of years, and it never happened. Um, and so it was finally like it was this summer, or it was this past summer, leading into the season. And I did it and I like, I did it cleanly first try on like full height barriers. And I was like, I think I had just been holding myself back. Like, I just don't yeah. think I was ready for that pressure to do it in a race. But this year I was like, the time is now. So I told anyone who would listen because I'm like very much a person of my word and I wanted to be held mm -hmm. accountable. I told anyone who would listen, I was like, I know how to hop barriers now. This is a big deal. The first mm -hmm. time that we get to an event this season that has barriers that are faster to hop than to run. I'm going to do it. Mm. So the second event of the season, we showed up to the Iowa City World Cup where um, I had this whole zipper gate issue. <laughs> um, <laughs> we we got there and it was like, if there were ever a pair, if there were ever a set of barriers that were perfect to hop, it, were, it was these. Um, and so my mechanic was like, do you see the barriers? And I was like, yep. So like this kind of unspoken thing, like, yes, I will be hopping them. Like <laughs> it was just going to happen. So the first, the first lap of the first night, uh, the first night of racing, I crashed in the corner before the barriers. So maybe like 50 meters away, I crashed, but I was like so mentally committed to doing it that I got up, got back on my bike and hopped the barriers. How did um, it feel? How did it feel? Oh my God, it felt amazing. And the best part was, is no one was expecting it. Like no did one had seen me doing crazy? it in practice. Yeah. People were like, I think it took people a couple of laps to realize like, oh my God, she's like, she just did that because like people hadn't seen it. Like aside from Pauline Fran Prevost, who was also featured in that video that you were, that you mentioned earlier, um, no woman had ever really bunny hopped in a race before. And so for me, um, the next day was the, was the official world cup and I bunny hopped for the first, like I was like the first woman to bunny hop in a world cup. Hmm. Uh, and That's for awesome. me, it wasn't about being the first, but it was about doing it in a way that like, it wasn't about being the first. Um, and like, I won't say that I was or even close to it, but it was about being, um, I wanted to like really, really, I wanted to talk about it because for me it meant a lot. And I think it meant a lot to other people as well. And seeing all the other women like that have shown me stuff online and at races of them going out and practicing, whether it's bunny hopping or even like, honestly, just feeling comfortable to like, to just practice skills and to like go out and like set time aside to like just ride their bike for fun. It's like, it's been amazing to watch. Um, well, what's so powerful to me about it is that you just, you didn't just do it to say, Oh, you know, I want to be able to do this. It was connected to your larger 
insight that you know we got to keep breaking down any perception that there should not be equality then that this was yes. something that was connected to that vision that you had that for a world where everyone perceives rightly so that men and women have an equal right to be oh. there equal ability to perform and so mm-hmm. i imagine that the moment that you did it it was the physical success but also just that sense of wow i i nailed that uh, larger mm-hmm. mission is that is that right yeah absolutely and so what did you do after, you know, because I know it, you did that, but then it turned into something bigger, you know, and, and this, this movement. <laughs> Tell me, how did you turn this great moment into a, into a global movement? I think we could, we can say. <laughs> um, oh, it's funny. I don't know. It like, it's one, it was one of those things that like, honestly, I swear it just happened. Like I, I wrote a, I wrote like an Instagram post with this really amazing photo that a photographer had taken from the night race. Um, yeah, I had like written this post and I had done this like yeah riff off of uh, a hashtag that I had seen that summer called Shred the Patriarchy um, that I had started using after I was hit with a glass bottle from a guy that I had no. rejected at a stoplight. Um, and so I had used Shred the Patriarchy because I was sick of being harassed. Um, and so I like shred the patriarchy was on my mind and I was like, I was like, okay, cool. Bunny off the patriarchy. Like (laughs) that's kind of cute. It's like similar to shred the patriarchy, but it was personal, like for me Mm -hmm. and it caught on. Like it was, it was like by no real promotion of my own. Um, it was like, it was in the post, but it wasn't, it wasn't like the feature. Like I have, I always have like kind of silly hashtags at the end of my photos and people just saw it and they loved it. Um, and it like became this huge talking point and it like, it kind of, yeah, it kind of blew up, not overnight, but it, it felt like overnight. Mm-hmm. It just happened so fast. Um, and there were, everyone was requesting, they were like, how can we get this? Like, what can we do with this? And like, I'd love a t-shirt. Like, I want my daughter to do this. And like, I want to be able to see this and all this stuff. And it was like, it honestly gave me so much energy. Like I'm, I'm like a super, super, super sensitive person. Um, so like I feed off of that kind of energy, like super strongly. So it's like, I showed up that, well, I, I, I raced Iowa. Then I flew to Vegas on Wednesday, raced the Vegas world cup, bunny hop, the bunny hop, the barriers there, and then flew back to Madison, Wisconsin for the following weekend and raced at the Trek factory, uh, that weekend for the next world cup where I got on the podium. And I think it was all the energy from those people that were sharing their own stories of like them getting out there and doing that thing, like whatever, like for me, for so long, it felt like I wouldn't be able to bunny hop. I was like, maybe I can't do it. And so to have all those stories shared with me of like, whatever that person's equivalent of bunny hopping was and how like they feel more welcomed in their space and they're trying to bridge that gap. And so has that been, has that been the impact of it? I mean, here we are, uh, it's spreading, people are using it. Tell, describe for me what you think it's meant for women and, and anyone involved in the sport who aspires and hopes for true equity having an impact big or small for me like means means a lot and so Mm -hmm. however many people you're able to impact means a lot to me um but yeah i think like it showed them it's like if there was ever that thing that you didn't think that you could do or that someone had told you that you couldn't do like and i think that that was the thing for me with bunny hopping i had this chip on my shoulder because it was assumed that women wouldn't bunny hop right if you have an assumption about women i kind of would like to flip that on its head yeah. and, you know, kind of like go against that, that stereotype. Um, mm-hmm. so and prove that, that women can and do do everything that, yes, that men absolutely. do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so I think like, that's one, that's one, one really big thing about, 
about this this whole thing and like and it, it continues to grow and it continues continues to evolve um but for me it's always just a bit it's always just been about giving voice to um a group that sometimes can feel like is not being heard mm-hmm. um and really just trying to spread positivity like i love the fact that like there's so much there's so much love like i run um an instagram account called bunny hop the patriarchy and i've um i've spent a lot of time yeah just like i write captions about women that i feel inspired by that week and sometimes i don't post on it for months and sometimes i post on it a bunch but when i when i use it it's always just like there are just so many comments like oh my god i love this like thank you for sharing like i'm following her now and so it's like to be able to spread the love in like a society that's definitely made a habit of incur- of pitting women against each other to mm-hmm. like to to develop something that's just bringing people together um means a lot to me. It's very inspiring. And I think, you know, you mentioned you've made an impact within a small community. I'd suggest you've not only done that, but you really stand as a model for what people in any industry, any profession, any business who face inequity or perceptions of inequity uh, Mm -hmm. can be inspired by. And I'd I'd like to just, the last thing I'd like to ask you today for someone who so young has achieved so much in terms of (laughs) bringing about change what advice would you give to women who are in uh, sports, who are in businesses, who are in communities, who are in countries and cultures, who see inequity and think, oh, I don't know how, where to begin. How do you yeah. start speaking out to begin to change um, change this reality? What would you say to them? Well, I, I think that there are a couple of things. Um, first and foremost, I think any something that I've told myself a thousand times uh, this in the, like throughout this whole process of um, going back to professional mountain biking and trying to bunny hop the patriarchy and and make change and inspire people um, throughout all of it is like the quote, the age old quote of a journey of a thousand miles begins with a, sing- a single step, um, and so. I think understanding that like, yeah, not, um, not everything that you do, like that I I tell myself, like not everything that I do is going to take off as well as bunny hop the patriarchy did. Like Mm -hmm. there were, I had like a lot of, a lot of things that like didn't fall short, but like, yes, didn't, didn't compare to like kind of the magnitude of bunny hop the patriarchy. Um, but like, but it, it was all like kind of a, a step in this journey of like finding my voice and finding what mattered and, and how it mattered and how to talk about it articulately and in a way that that didn't just get people uh, to run and say like I'm not listening um, and so like so for me yeah I decided like some days it's just about it's just about doing it's not about uh, as as I've said often it's progress not perfection um, so like you want to be taking a step in the right direction but it doesn't mean um, that it's going to be great like just out the door so like last year um, another thing that I noticed that there was like a lot of inequity where there were a lot of developmental opportunities for young men in the sport and there were none for women. Um, and so rather than waiting for someone else to create those opportunities, uh, cause like who knows how long that could take. Um, I decided to start my own junior women's cyclocross camp, uh, wow. and develop, develop athletes myself. And last year it was a hot mess for sure. Uh, <laughs> it like, it was super stressful and it, we came down to the wire on a lot of things. We mm-hmm. kind of, we kind of skidded into the event 
Um, but it happened and it was amazing. And I got to work with 12 amazing athletes for a week and, and watch them progress and continue to watch their development. And uh, going into year two, we are in so much in a, a significantly better place um, with more athletes, more scholarship money, uh, just everything seems to be going better. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I didn't know what was going to come of the camp or what I refer to as a quest now, um, year one, but I was like, I just needed to do it. You know, I, I mm -hmm. like stopped wor worrying so much on, um, how do you, how do you put it? Like, yeah, on it being perfect, but like, I just wanted it to get started. Um, and so it's, yeah, like now that you're done being perfect or now, now that you're done being great, you can be good. Um, right. And so, yeah, that's something that I'd really want to encourage people who want to make a change is like decide what you want to do and just go do it. Um, and like mm -hmm. we need we need allies and we need women and men working towards change from every angle. So if maybe you're not as much of a hands on person, but you like you have this skill, it's like you have this other skill that's great, like go and do that. Um, and then honestly, like the last the last piece of advice that I would say is like, there are going to be people along the way who do not like what you are doing. Um, honestly, I think that in a lot of ways it can be a little encouraging because it means that you're really pushing towards something. And it means that you are genuinely inspiring like intellectual change. Like when you experience cognitive dissonance, it's it, it's like, it's like soreness from training. Like hmm. you, when people are like, pushing back. It's like, that is your opportunity to help them see the other side a little bit. And maybe it won't be this time, but like, if you, if like, if you are out there and like, every time they see you, like every time I like to imagine that every time people see me bunny hopping barriers, like they're going to think of bunny hop the patriarchy. And if people like people cringe at the word patriarchy, people feel offended by it and people feel targeted by it, which I do feel badly about. I don't want people to feel bad, but if eventually they realize like, Oh, Maybe it's not me, but it's the societal structure that this mm -hmm. is against. And like eventually they realize they're like, oh, like they just, they understand their privilege and like there's nothing that you can do about it. If you are a man and like may have like, you, you can't prevent the fact that you are part of the patriarchy, but you can absolutely like try to be a more welcoming ally uh, to, to other people. Uh, so what I'm trying to say is there will be, as we say, haters along the way, um, but don't let them get you down and use those, um, like use the, use the opportunities, pick, pick your battles. Of course, like you don't need to, to use all your energy on an internet troll, but like pick your battles. And when it seems like there's a good discussion to be had, use that opportunity to, um, like kindly and, um, intellectually have that conversation. That's like, here's why I feel so strongly that what we're doing is right. Uh, and I hope that if not today, someday in the future, you can also see that. And so, yeah, if, if, uh, people aren't getting upset by it, then it might not be, maybe you're not, a. You're not pushing hard enough. You're not pushing hard enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Ellen, uh, you know, it, just listening to you, you know, I'm in the business and I have been for almost 20 years of, um, teaching people how to speak as leaders and you know, we talk about starting with the right mindset and that total clarity of conviction and then having the courage to challenge. And so all the things that you instinctively have 
um, figure it out are things that, you know, we, we, we teach people who are far along in their careers. So it's, uh, it's just, it's neat to hear. I'm, I'm certainly inspired by your, your mission, by what you're doing. Um, and also leaving with some thoughts myself for how I can continue to make sure I'm intentional in supporting women that in bike racing. I know it's, uh, it's so key for, as you say, for allies to get involved in, in this important cause. So yes, appreciate absolutely. appreciate you sharing your story. If, if people want to follow along for the the uh, it sounds like the continuation of this movement, but also the inevitable next one that, that you'll yes. <laughs> uh, you'll launch. How how can they get in touch and keep tabs on your um, your your ventures? Um, you can follow me online on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Ellen Likes Bikes. Um, you can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Ellen Noble Cyclist. And you can also follow me and contact me through my website at ellennoble.com. Uh, I run hashtag ENCXQuest. That is my summer camp. And I also run at Bunny Hop the Patriarchy on Instagram and Facebook. Um, so those are all the ways that you can connect with me. Um, I try to interact with my fans and supporters as much as possible. So if anyone um, feels inspired by today or feels enraged by today and wants to talk (laughs) it out, uh, you can contact me through any of those platforms, um, most easily through the contact form on my website. Well, I appreciate you. uh, You certainly uh, live your word. You know, I appreciate you uh, responding to me and being open to coming on and share your story and and uh, I'm I'm leaving inspired. I know a lot of people listening will. So thank you so much, Ellen, for coming on today and for all you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ellen Noble. A really neat mashup of my passions: bike racing, leadership development and promoting diversity and inclusion. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Uh, Make sure you never miss an episode. We'll be back soon with more from the Inspire podcast. Thanks.